wondering how to fall completely in love with the people and things that surround you at home? I've spent the last 15 years studying how and where families thrive and what relational and house characteristics ignite us with that homey feeling. On this podcast, we uncover how our brains process the people we live with and the houses we live in so we can confidently create our homes to be wonder-filled connection magnets. Ready to give up the decision fatigue, comparison hives, overwhelm ulcers, and confusion chaos? You are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Thornock. Welcome to Becoming Home. Hello, homies. So glad that you're here today. So glad to be here with you. Today, we're going to be talking about how we, my family, the Thornox, how we're building our barn with the 4D home design process. So what I'm teaching y'all is what I actually do with my own house. I recommend this process to every single person on the planet. And in fact, I think that this is the way to design houses so that we don't experience so much um, emotional shutdown about our homes. I really want us all to feel so deeply confident about ourselves, first of all, our relationships, second of all, and our environment, third of all, that we can actually live interconnected, truly meaningful lives with one another. And this starts now. This starts with you. This starts with this home build, this home move, this home change that you're looking to make right now and doing it in a way that supports you and isn't just surface level frosting of aesthetic. So I want to take you through how we're doing this in real time with our barn build. It's happening right now as we speak. It's always helpful for me to see how a principle is applied. So this is you too, or if you just like a good story, let's go. So last weekend, it is right now when I'm recording this, it is October, midweek October, mid-month October. And last week we had been planning to build our barn. Now our barn is rad, first of all. Second of all, it doesn't quite exist yet. So, you know, the plans are rad. The vision is there. What we're doing is we have a concrete slab and then we have two shipping containers on either side of the slab. And between the two shipping containers from the inside edges of the shipping containers, we are building a Quonset arch. So this is a metal agricultural looking arch and it comes in lots of pieces. So ours is 36 feet long. So there's 36... uh, feet of panels of arches and then there's a 40 foot span in between the arches so it's like roughly 40 by 40 roughly and the, the past month we've been working on getting this foundation poured so we trenched out the footings we put foam down to help with the insulation we ran rebar all along the top and in the footings we put mesh on top mesh and then rebar if we're going to be specific okay so then the concrete came we poured the concrete and the blessed concrete men smoothed it out but we did put our handprints in okay so just last week we moved the shipping containers onto the concrete pad and we bolted all of the receiving mechanisms onto the top of the shipping containers So they're called base plates and they look like an L shape and we put them up on the top of our shipping container. And then that's where the Kwanzaa arches are going to bolt into so that they don't take off in the wind like a kite, which may or may not happen. (laughs) I feel feel like this is definitely going to be a stable build, but there's a part of me (laughs) 
<laughs> that wonders with the high winds what's going to happen. Okay, so we've been planning to do the arch raising last weekend. We'd been planning this for months. And a couple of days before, after I had gone to the Costco's, bought a bunch of food for everybody who was planning to come and help us. Our community is incredible. People were planning to come help us on Friday and Saturday. Fr friends and family were driving in from town. Now, mind you, I live an hour on a dirt road and the dirt road starts like past the middle of nowhere. So <laughs> it's, I, I live out there and uh, people were planning on driving in just to help us. And this storm rolled in. We were able to work on Friday, but Saturday it was like 60 mile an hour gusts and it looked like a whiteout because of all the dust in the air. It was insanity. Now, I want to back up to Thursday night. As I was coming back from a conference that I went to, which was incredible, um, and I had my kids in the truck with me and I was towing a scissor lift, one of those like man lift genie situations that my only experience with thus far has been watching my uh, band instructor <laughs> take this WYSIWYG up and like yell at us from a megaphone as we like did our marching band <laughs> out yonder in the field. But apparently these are used a lot in construction which is great. And we are installing a 16 foot arch on top of a 10 foot shipping container, nine and a half. So we, we need to be up in the air. We need to have some stability. We're also using a crane and a telehandler. There's just some equipment that I'm getting used to. I was towing the scissor lift. I was renting it from Home Depot. Gotta love the Home Depot and <laughs> we're going. And right before I lost cell phone signal, I got a flat tire. It is approximately, what time was it? 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Dark. My kids needed to be asleep. <laughs> it was, we were still an hour away from home in the middle of nowhere with a flat tire, etc. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, I could call someone in town, but I'm two hours away from town. I could call somebody, I could call Chase, my husband, which I did, out at the ranch, but he's an hour away from us. So what am I going to do? I tried to change the tire myself. Didn't quite have the Allen wrenches. I needed to like get off the frame on our tire. What are those called? Hubcaps? Yes. And so Chase came and rescued us. In the meantime, while I am gazing at the beautiful stars in getting my kids to sleep, you know, tucking everybody in, <laughs> in the car um, and they're nervous and I wasn't nervous. I feel really safe out where we live, but there's an element of uncertainty, right? So as we were waiting for my husband to come help me change this tire and bring the necessary tools, I got thinking. And at first the thoughts that knocked on the door were like, oh my heavens, is this actually my life? To get to this point, <laughs> we had had a bathroom vacation at Home Depot, which lasted an hour. It was so long with all the children. Somebody had to go number two. Just took a very long time. And then we we were told that our scissor lift rental was not able to be fulfilled because the person who had rented it before us didn't return the scissor lift. So we had to go to a different Home Depot after the whole bathroom vacation and get the scissor lift, which we did. And it was great. But then we had a nosebleed for the centuries my children are just little <laughs> so it was like fire hoses all fire one fire hose one child 
all over his clothes, over the seat, all over the floor of the car, screaming, I'm going to die, like all the things. The workers of Home Depot are running out with Kleenex. Like, it's, <laughs> we're having the show. It's great. Totally fine. So we don't get out until nine. We're stuck on the road. And I'm like, this, like, what is even happening? <laughs> At this point, what should have taken us 20 minutes has taken us two hours to get out of the door. And what should just be a short, short two and a half hour standard trip ended up taking us four additional hours. And as I'm waiting there for my husband to come pick me up, I'm thinking like, why is this not a good idea? Do I need to be rethinking? What am I not considering? Is it too much? Are we in a bad place? Is this a sign? What is happening? And those, those thoughts knocked. It's easy to be like, life is so hard. Things are beating me up. But I have learned that the things that feel like presents wrapped in barbed wire, like, here you go, this is going to be a fun present, except you have to get through all this barbed wire, are often the most beautiful presents ever. We are going to talk more about this in another episode. So understanding that that's usually how the gifts from God work in my life, I could make the decision of this is going to be exciting. I can't wait to see where this goes because how fascinating, how fascinating. Why would we be delayed? Essentially, let's see, I was supposed to arrive at the ranch at 7 p.m. We got in at 2 a.m. So what, I mean, like seven hours late, right? Like why? And the next day was a beautiful day. The next day we got a lot done. The next day, because we were so tired, my husband bolted the base plates incorrectly. And we noticed right before we were gonna start to lift arches. So we didn't, we had to strip off all the bolts. We had to redo the whole base plate. And again, this thought came to me of like, this is gonna be aw like awful. Why is this happening? This is such a setback, why? Until we realized this huge storm was ended up coming through our, our property, our, our ranch on Saturday morning. It was insanity. It was insanity for probably two hours. And then it was fine. But during the insane part of this storm, wind was crazy, rain was kind of there. It wasn't super crazy, but it, you know, made things cold and wet and drippy. We realized that if we had put up two or three arches on our Quonset hut, if everything had gone according to plan and we hadn't been tired from staying up the whole night changing tires, if we hadn't have had to strip off and redo the base plates, if we had raised the three arches that we were planning on doing on Friday, they would have been shredded. There wasn't the necessary strength to keep the, the steel from bending and twisting. There just wasn't enough mass put together so that it could be a self-sufficient, sturdy situation we would have been out $20,000. So instead, we were out a couple hours of sleep and a hundred bucks in bolts, maybe. And how good is our God and how wonderful is the universe and how beautifully orchestrated are our lives where these presents, when they come wrapped in barbed wire, how beautiful they can be. So today we're slated to lift arches. We have all the base plates complete. We still have the scissor lift. 
we have friends coming again, and we wake up to rain. I feel like historically, on my most important, most beautiful, most meaningful, most deeply connected days, there has been rain. And it's just a little drizzle. And I've, I, the forecast looks good for when people are going to show up and we're moving forward with faith. We'll see if we end up lifting. We're not going to take unnecessary risks. We're going to be smart about this. And there's always going to be an, another sunny day. But how fascinating and how beautiful that all of these things are still working for us. We're going to get our barn. It's going to be rad. We've had some new ideas in the time that we've had to just sit and think as we've watched wind and rain. We're going to extend a deck. We're going to make a second floor entrance. It's going to be really cool. I'm so excited to tell you all about it. So the 4D home design process is about elevating our home design from purely aesthetic. Well, first would be purely survival, like base level needs from aesthetic, from just beauty to this like fourth dimension of relational connection first. And there are, there are 12 questions that help us go through this 4D design process so that we have all of the bases covered. Because when you're designing in 4D, it's not like you don't use the first dimension, second dimension, or third dimension. It's not like we get rid of any basic needs like plumbing or power or warmth. It's not like we get rid of all functional needs. Like it's just about the relationships and we don't actually need a door that works. We don't get rid of all the aesthetic needs. I want this to be very beautiful and I'm committed to that. I care a lot about that, but trumping them and including all of them is the idea that relationships are first. So these 12 questions we're going to go through over the next few episodes. Today, we're going to take the first three and we're going to just talk through how this applies to an actual home project. And I would love for you to do this with me. So think about a project that you are anticipating with your house. I suggest doing this room by room. You could even do this vignette by vignette. And uh, vignette is a word you're unfamiliar with at this point. You will become familiar, so don't worry. But it, it just means like a moment, a visual spatial moment. So like the fireplace mantle is a, a moment and like the love seat is a moment or the counter bar is a moment or the dining room is a moment or the seat by your door in the entryway is a moment. And any of these like invitational moments we call vignettes. So as we go through this, pick a room or pick a vignette that you'd like to ask these questions for and approach your design from a 4D standpoint. And then as we go through these questions, you answer them for yourself. And by the end, you will be clear, you will know exactly what to do, and you will be full of inspiration. So let's hit these first three questions. These first three questions pertain to the element of, of clarity. Now, clarity can be reached um, with a lot of different in a lot of different categories, in a lot of different ways. But what I mean here is relationship first clarity, this 4D clarity. Clarity comes from emotional self-sufficiency and relational priority. Those are the two elements that make up clarity with home design, okay? So there are three questions that help us get clear so that we can have a sure footing and a firm foundation. Now, these questions are going to take you a minute. This is not going to be really quick, 
but I bet you can do all of these questions in an hour, all 12. So it's not like they're going to take forever, but they're going to take a second, five minutes. Okay. So number one, the number one question is, am I expecting this space to make me happy? This is a trick question because the answer is no. Always the answer is no. This space will never make you happy. The space does not have the capacity to inject feelings of happiness into your heart and soul. So this is a gut check, really. More than a trick question, it's a gut check because we go into our new projects so hyped up and excited sometimes that we're like, this space is going to make me so happy. I'm so happy about this. And we don't realize that by prioritizing happiness, we're not prioritizing relationships. And we can choose happiness and relationships. But when we're looking at a space, expecting it to make us happy, we are doomed to be disappointed. And for many of my students, many of my clients, being disappointed is the ultimate fear. What if I get it done and I don't like it? What if I'm disappointed with the results? But when we realize that we're in control of our emotions and that places don't make us happy, we make us happy, we reground. So do I expect this space, space to make me happy? Really ask yourself and get to the place before you move on where you can confidently and truthfully say, no, I am happy and I am separate from this space. Now it gets fun. Question number two, how can I love my sixfold connections and honor the success that I truly seek? Sixfold connections is what I teach in the knowing in our membership program, where I take you through a whole year of designing your house. We do a space each month, a room a month and a relationship each month. So we just go through and every year we make a, a swing through the whole entire house. Just about the sixfold connections are self, God, spouse, kids, guests, and the earth. We want we want to intentionally look at each of these connections for each space and every space will not include all six will not include a direct invitation to all six of these connections but if you're like me and if relationships are the first thing that you care about we want to start with how can i love how do i want to show up for how can i be truly integrated with these sixfold connections in my heart, and then how do I want this to, to play out in my space? So for instance, how can I love my sixfold connections and honor the success I seek, which is relationship priority and peace in my sixfold connections with my barn? You do this for your space. With myself, I want this to be for myself um, beautiful. And as I'm building this this barn, it's important to me that I show up how I want to show up throughout the whole process. So that doesn't mean um, this is going to be great. Everybody buckle in and who cares? Yell at the kids, eat junk, don't sleep because I'm pushing through. I'm not going to do a push through. For myself, I want to honor myself by taking care of my body and my heart and, and showing up in my relationships in the ways that I feel good about. I want my barn in the long term to be a sanctuary for me. And so I'm making more expensive decisions like to lay a cement pad instead of just doing gravel, because I have desires for how this space will be used, not the least of which is keeping dirt out. <laughs> so I want to be able to sweep it. And that's how I want to honor myself in this space. For these questions, 
just answer them what how comes naturally. And if if you gain insight along the way, just add it. But don't worry about this being like a thorough answer or the right answer. This is just what comes from your soul naturally. How do I want to honor God with this space? I want this this question is what helped me understand the flat tires. Oh, you guys, I forgot a huge part of this story. Once we got to the ranch, another tire went flat on my truck. So we had our spare tire on the one that went flat on the road and we got to the ranch and my other tire went flat. So we had two flat tires and a dear friend took them to town yesterday and fixed them both for us. And I can't tell you, it was, it was a miracle and hilarious and all the things. Okay. So this is this, this question of how do I want to honor God and myself throughout this process led me to be able to handle two flat tires and all the weather because I decided that my relationship with God was a, a super priority for me in this barn building process. Getting the barn done is the last priority. I am using this barn experience to grow in relational connection to the six categories of connection that I care about. So I feel closer to God. I feel like he's parting the curtain and letting me see into his world as I don't freak out. <laughs> as I don't freak out, the wonder is being unfolded to me. How beautiful. I can't even ask for a deeper experience. And since I've gotten home and since I've been truly like gifted this perspective of seeing things through God's eyes, sometimes that doesn't always happen, right? But this time it did. And I'm so grateful. And I've had wonderful ideas for my family, wonderful ideas for my business and wonderful ideas about the barn. Like things have changed in the barn since I've gotten to know God better throughout this process. Isn't that great? Like that is the goal. Okay, next spouse. How do I want to show up for my spouse? How do I want to love my spouse, both with the barn as a finished product and in the process of building the barn? First of all, I want to honor that my husband is the brilliance behind this barn and it's taking him time to do the things that he can do, which is welding all the base plates. He has to learn how to weld so he can weld the base plates, which took a lot of time. And how I can love him by being verbally, emotionally, and physically supportive. I can help the children and make food and cheer him on and make sure he has the equipment that he needs with a positive attitude. I value that in my spouse. There are sometimes when I don't feel like it's a want match, but I can still love my spouse with my affect, with the, the way that I'm showing up, with the feelings that I'm feeling and the approach to my disagreeing, that is still an option. So, so I wanna love Chase, my spouse, as he builds this barn for us and give him the benefit of the doubt that he is doing the very best that he can. I also, in the barn, in its finished capacity, I want him to have a gorgeous, woodworking studio and and welding and all the things whether or not he thinks or refers to the workshop as gorgeous in the end you know that's up for <laughs> for uh, deliberation we'll see but i want him to have a space where he can create in perpetuity and that really matters to me um i want to be able to dance with my spouse with chase in this barn and we connect by dancing and that's a big thing for me. I want to love him by having fun date nights in a place that supports what we love to do. I also want to build a climbing wall on the inside of our closet. And that also is a way that Chase and I connect. And so 
to incorporate these physical attributes helps me connect with Chase. That's how I want to love him. That's how I want my love to be physically displayed. Next is my kids. How do I want to love my kids? Well, it's getting cold out here and I want to have my kids in, have a warm place to play and to be during the cold months. It's important to me that that they have that. And I want to love them in that way. Could I still love them without that? Of course. But the love that I feel can be directed toward this. And that's a fun channel for me of a way to love them. That feels like success to me in a, in a way that feels good to my heart and to my values. How do I want to love my guests? Well, there's going to be a few kind of guests. And by a few, I mean very sparse guests outside of the ranch. Come on over. Everyone's always invited. Come on over to my barn. I would love to host retreats here. I would love to have this be a place where people can gather and learn and grow and ground. I would love for my in-laws and my parents to be able to have a place to comfortably stay, sleep, gather if they come here. For my community at large, Again, I want to hold dances. I want to have classes here. I want to have some school here. I want to do whatever we need to do, but whatever we want to do. I just want to have a place for it, which right now there are few large buildings. And I think it would be a fun gift to the people that I love, an invitation to the guests that I hope to host in my home to have a warm, pretty, comfortable, sheltered space to do all the fun things. I've been colloquially referring to this as the party barn, and I'm trying to be careful. Of course, now I'm broadcasting it to the world. <laughs> I'm trying to be careful about setting expectations. Like I don't want parties all the time in my barn, but I do want that feeling of fun and laughter and of social and people to be included in our barn. Also part of loving my husband is recognizing he doesn't love people around all the time. So there's going to be a really fun balance. This is why we ask these questions because we can see how they all play together. All of these connections, how that's going to look. How can I love the earth? This one is fun to me and important to me. Of course, there's like typical answers of like, well, we're using recycled shipping containers to make the world a better place. Like, sure. Sure. But more than that, I want to feel connected to the earth. I want, I want to feel like I know where things came from. I want to know how, how my foundation was poured and who poured it and, and the energy that was put into it. I want to be able to see beautiful views and I want to be able to have angles that correspond to the sunlight I'm hoping to use to generate the electricity in the building. So one of the big changes we have just recently made to the barn is we're going to create a back deck facing west. And before this is going to be a little catwalk, like a four foot catwalk, but we're considering making it like a 12 foot catwalk. And if we do that, then that's enough room for some chairs, maybe a swing, maybe some a slide, something fun where we can watch the sunset, which I am telling you, I've never seen better sunsets in my life than out here at the barn at the at the at the barn see look it's forecasting um at the ranch i want to be able to behold the sunsets and this is going to be a beholding deck that's important to me so that was question number two sixfold connections go through with your own project with your own vignette and go through each of them and think about how you can approach it with an eye toward connection each of these six connections okay third and final question of the day how can I highlight humanity and encourage failure and exploration here? This question makes me want to cry. I feel so deeply connected to this because if we are 
not honoring failure and growth and exploration. And I would include adventure. And I know that that's not everybody's cup of tea. So, but failure and exploration are so important because you have never done you today with these kids, this age, with this project in this year ever before. You are never going to be the same person again, making these same choices with the same creative constraints. This is all new. And to me, that makes it all fun. (laughs) It's so fun, like a new project. And maybe I've done the project before, but I've never been the, the same. Like I've never been this person doing it before. And if I do it again in the future, I'll be a different self. So how can we highlight humanity? And what I mean by humanity is like the realness, the rawness, the imperfection, the learning. And how can I encourage the learning and the imperfection and the failure? Because failure is, are the stepping stones to our goals. We are not taught this in the, the culture at large where the way to our goals is not A's and prestigious colleges and doing it right and exactly conforming. The way to getting to the goals that we want are deep, true and lasting successes, which are relationally based. The way that we do that is by failing over and over and over and over and over. And that's how we become. That's how we connect. That's how we create. That's how we build. And all the things, they are built upon failure. So with my barn, how am I going to Highlight humanity and encourage failure. Well, first of all, we're building it with our own hands (laughs) and we don't have any experience in this. We're ballroom dancers, remember? Like we we love to be here and Chase is an amazing learner and I have a really good attitude. But other than that, the skills are lacking. So we are learning every step right before we do it. So the foundation, we did our best and we've learned some things. And before the cement was even dry, the humans who were, who were leveling my cement, which they did a very good job, I would highly recommend them. If you need cement, let me know. And if you're in the greater deep delta area, <laughs> I'll send them your way. Um, they, like the cement was already cracking by the time it was drying. And those things, when I have a ha- an eye for humanity and a embracing of failure, they don't make me upset. I am not upset about the cracks in my foundation. I'm not upset about lines not being cut into the cement, the expansion lines being a little wobbly because guess who did it? Me and Chase. (laughs) And it was nighttime and we did our best and we decided like, this is a place where humanity reigns. This is a place where we see our fingerprints on the walls. This is a place where we know how to fix every square inch of this should anything happen. This is a place where there's a story on every corner. This is a place where we can point and we can teach our children. It took us 12 times to get this bolt welded on correctly. We had to rip it off, full off a few times too. So can you. These are the teaching moments. I want people to come into my house and I want them to look up and be inclined to judge my galvanized steel structure. And then I want to tell them the stories of how we got here and how it took two flat tires and a a windstorm and a rainstorm and how in the middle of all this, the the people who made our cement did such a beautiful job and we even had extra to pour for our propane tank 
foundation and things just worked out so perfectly and, and isn't it beautiful and you can see how I did this here and it's a testament to my womanhood and to my humanhood and to my children and all the things like this is us we put our fingerprints our handprints in the cement for that very reason to just show that there are humans behind this and I love that now this space is feeling sacred all right, next time we're going to be talking about how we can make functional decisions and how we can make this so simple. Let's build our houses upon these questions so that we can love our people better. Go make a mess, my friends. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you love what you're hearing, share this episode with a friend who you want to chat with about it. Also, leave a review for the show so we can reach more soulful mamas looking to love the magical humanity that surrounds them at home. If you really are digging this scene, come check out The Knowing, the inner circle for confident home creating. Find all the info about it as well as a full transcript of this episode over at carlythornock.com.